1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500.
2: Tonight, fighting inflation. The Fed makes history raising the interest rate three quarters of a percentage point for a second straight time. What it means for your credit cards, mortgage and student loans. The most aggressive attempt to curb inflation in three decades. How the news impacts consumers and businesses and why the stock market is reacting well. Prisoner swap, the breaking news, what the Biden administration is offering Russia to get WNBA star, Brittany Griner and another jailed American, Paul Whelan out of prison. Criminal investigation getting closer to Donald Trump are reporting tonight about a Justice Department probe looking into the former president's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Out of COVID isolation, in just five days, President Biden is testing negative. Gunmakers in the hot seat. New information tonight as we learn manufacturers made more than $1 billion selling AR-15s to civilians the war in Ukraine. CBS's Holly Williams is with American military veterans as they train Ukrainians.
3: This is a five-day course. They're also learning battlefield first aid and how to maneuver.
2: One billion dollar jackpot. When's the next drawing so you can go out and get your lottery ticket? And 50 years later, celebrating the FBI's first female special agents. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this busy Wednesday night. Tonight we begin with the state of the American economy and the battle against inflation. The Federal Reserve today making an unprecedented move to try and tamp down rising prices by raising interest rates by 75 basis points. That means the central bank's back-to-back rate hike of a combined 1.5 percentage points since June is the most since the 1980s. Wall Street anticipated the move, and stocks rallied in afternoon trading. All three major indexes scored triple-digit gains, with the tech-heavy Nasdaq jumping more than 4 percent, the most in over two years. As the price people pay for consumer goods climbed to a 41-year high in June, today's move is designed to slow the economy without causing a recession. And it comes as mortgage rates have soared, doubling since the beginning of the year. We have a lot of news to get to tonight, and CBS's Chris Van Cleve will start us off from Chicago. Good evening, Chris.
5: NORA, Fed Chair Jerome Brown did not rule out another significant rate increase in September, but he said right now he does not believe the U.S. is in a recession. That said, he admitted avoiding one, the path to doing so is getting narrower. Now what this move means, bottom line, it's going to, be, it's going to cost more to borrow money, be it credit cards, mortgages or car loans. It was another aggressive move by the central bank, pushing its benchmark rate to the highest in four years.
6: We're not trying to have a recession, and we don't think we have to. We think that there's a path for us to be able to bring inflation down while sustaining a strong labor market.
5: The Federal Reserve's move follows consumer prices shooting up more than 9 percent in June compared to last year. KPMG chief economist Diane Swonk. How does making things more expensive bring prices down?
6: Well, that is exactly, unfortunately, how you bring prices down is by increasing the cost of doing business. When does that mean I can stop paying $12 for a loaf of bread?
5: Stephanie Caltagironi owns Magpie, a restaurant in Rockford, Illinois.
2: I'm not even breaking even. Surging
5: costs for everything from hand soap to staples like eggs, wheat and vegetables mean inflation is eating away at her bottom line.
2: Things that haven't gone up, they've added a fuel charge too. When your corned beef goes up by more than double, I can't charge double for what I serve people or else, you know, I won't have any customers.
5: Stephanie is trying anything to cut costs.
2: I mean, otherwise I would just be sitting at my home office trying to figure out how to make a profit in a world where I can't.
5: Trying to figure out how to make a profit in a world where you can't.
2: Yep, it's pretty depressing.
5: But you keep trying.
2: (laughs) Can we take a break for a minute? Sure. It's depressing when you say it out loud.
5: Stephanie says she's not giving up on her dream. She's just got to find a new way to make it work. Now, Wall Street tomorrow is going to be watching another major economic indicator. They're watching GDP. It's expected to show a second consecutive quarter of negative growth. Traditionally, that has been a sign a recession is looming. Nora.
2: Chris Van Cleve, Cleave, thank you. Overseas now, where WNBA star Brittany Greiner was in court today testifying about her drug charges. And we're learning tonight that the State Department has made an offer to Moscow to bring her home and former Marine Paul Whelan as well. Here's CBS's Caitlin Huey Burns.
6: Soon after a handcuffed Brittany Griner was back in Moscow court today to defend herself for the first time, Secretary of State Antony Blinken revealed the U.S. had offered a prisoner swap for her release, along with Paul Whelan, another American serving a prison sentence in Russia. We put a substantial proposal on the table weeks ago to facilitate their release. Lincoln did not identify who the U.S. was willing to trade, but Russia has long sought the release of Victor Boot, known as the merchant of death. He's serving a 25-year prison sentence for conspiring to kill Americans and to provide material support to terrorists. Greiner was arrested after she landed in Moscow in February, just days before Russia's invasion of Ukraine began. In court today, she held up photos of her wife, family and friends before testifying she wasn't read her rights at the time of her arrest.
1: No, uh, my rights were never read to me. Uh, no one explained any of it to me.
6: The two-time Olympic gold medalist also told the court she was made to sign documents she couldn't understand. And that while she admits to bringing the cannabis oil cartridges prescribed by her doctor to Russia, it was by accident.
1: I do plead guilty because of the actions that have happened, but I, again, did not intend to do this. I did not intend to smuggle or bring any substance into Russia.
6: Greiner now faces a possible 10-year term in Russian prison. Her sentencing is expected next month. Now, a national security advisor has reached out to both the Griner and Whelan families and will continue those conversations. They did that ahead of today's announcement. The administration hopes that going public with this deal will put pressure on Moscow.
2: Nora. Caitlin Huey-Burns, thank you. Well, now to the dramatic news out of the Justice Department. CBS News has confirmed that prosecutors are looking into former President Donald Trump's role in the January 6th attack on the Capitol as part of their criminal investigation. We get more from CBS's Jeff Pegues.
7: Tonight, the Justice Department's investigation into January 6th is closing in on top officials in former President Trump's West Wing. Investigators are now scrutinizing phone records of former Trump aides, including his chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Witnesses called before the grand jury include senior aides to former Vice President Pence, who have testified publicly to the pressure put on Pence by Mr. Trump. Part of the investigation is focused on the efforts to overturn the election, specifically the plans by Trump allies to use fake electors to change the result. The other focus is on the alleged conspiracy to stop a government proceeding, the certification of electoral votes on January 6th. If I renounced my beliefs and just took it easy. The persecution of Donald Trump would stop immediately. The former president has tried to dismiss the investigation as a witch hunt, but never in history has a former president been in this kind of legal jeopardy, according to former prosecutor Scott Fredrickson. Again,
0: it's a significant expansion of the department's investigation. Garland is facing probably the most difficult decision any attorney general has ever had to make.
7: That decision to bring charges against a former president. Garland himself won't say whether Trump is a target. No person is above the law in this country. I can't say it any more clearly than that. Sources tell me that Garland is briefed on the investigation at least once a week. But for anyone who thinks that this investigation could wrap up before the midterms in November, I was warned today that this could take many more
2: months. Using history as a guide, Nora, Watergate took years. Jeff Begayes, thank you very much. Well, at the White House, President Biden celebrated the end of his COVID isolation with his first in-person public appearance since testing positive last week. The president contrasted his mild symptoms to those patients had at the start of the pandemic who were not vaccinated.
1: When my predecessor got COVID,
2: he had to get helicoptered to Walter Reed Medical Center. He was severely ill. Thankfully, he recovered. When I got COVID, I worked from upstairs to the White House and the offices upstairs. And uh, for the the five-day period, the difference is vaccinations, of course. Well, Mr. Biden tested negative for COVID last night and once again this morning after taking the antiviral drug Paxlovid for five days. The 21-year-old suspect accused of opening fire on a 4th of July parade in Highland Park, Illinois, was indicted today on 117 felony counts, including first-degree murder. Seven people were killed and more than 30 wounded in the attack. The indictment came as lawmakers here in Washington called out gun companies for making more than a billion dollars in revenue, partly by marketing military-grade weapons to young men. We get more now from CBS's Nicole Killian.
8: There are so many things Javier Caceres misses about his nine year old daughter Jacqueline, gunned down two months ago at Robb Elementary. Her smile, everything. He traveled to Capitol Hill from Uvalde with families from other mass shootings, demanding accountability. How many more American children need to die?
0: I believe that these murders. Or local problems. I don't consider the modern sporting rifles today that, that my company produces to be
6: weapons of war.
8: The CEOs of Daniel Defense and Sturm Ruger appeared before the House Oversight Panel, which found both companies pulled in over $500 million in sales of AR-15-style rifles that were used in Uvalde and Sutherland Springs, Texas. Smith & Wesson, whose weapons were used in shootings in Highland Park, Parkland, and San Bernardino, earned more than $695 million. The committee also found the manufacturers used manipulative marketing practices targeting young men with ads about masculinity and mimicking first-person shooter video games. Some Republicans on the panel defended the industry.
7: We're going to blame the manufacturers of forks and spoons for obesity. I guess you're going to subpoena some of them as well.
8: What's upsetting to Javier Casadas is not getting more answers.
7: The slap to our faces. You know, not just ours. I mean, every victim that's ever been shot or killed.
8: The committee announced it intent to subpoena Smith & Wesson after an executive was invited to testify today but didn't show. The company has not responded to our request for comment. Nora.
2: Nicole Killian, thank you. Scorching heat and dry conditions are fueling wildfires in nearly a dozen states from Montana to Florida. In Texas, extreme dry conditions have sparked multiple fires that have burned homes and ravaged the region in recent days. Here's CBS's Omar Villafranca.
4: A spark from a mower started this neighborhood wildfire in Bulk Springs, Texas, just outside of Dallas. 27 homes were damaged, nine a total loss.
8: And the only thing we could do is just drive off and pray to God that our house didn't
4: catch on fire. This fire in nearby Rendon yesterday raced through an area that hasn't seen measurable rainfall since June 3rd. Out west, 100% of California, Nevada, Utah, and Arizona are experiencing drought conditions. Nationwide, more than 5.5 million acres have burned this year. The Oak Fire in California is one of five major fires burning in the state, destroying almost 50 homes. In Idaho, the Moose Fire is being fueled by dry land and high winds. Right now, we're trying to provide hope for them as a city. Back in Texas, Bulk Springs Fire Marshal Sean Davis says tinderbox conditions make these fires even more explosive. Putting water on the ground right now, it just doesn't even, with the heat, it's evaporating faster than the ground can even absorb it. 224 counties here in Texas are under a burn ban, but that didn't matter here. The fire marshal says the blaze was so intense, some of these homes experienced what's called full flashover, meaning they just burst into flames. Luckily, no one was hurt. Nora.
2: Omar Franca, thank you. And breaking news tonight, Ukraine says Russian forces have captured Ukraine's second largest power plant in its first major strategic gain in three weeks. This comes as U.S. military veterans on the ground in Ukraine are working to turn the tide of the war. CBS's Holly Williams is there.
5: Never point your weapon at anything you don't want to
3: shoot. In an old quarry around 10 miles from the front line, a group of former U.S. servicemen trained Ukrainian soldiers today. Nothing else matters unless our bullet is going where we want it to go. Many of the Ukrainians only signed up after Russia's invasion. Some have next to no experience firing a gun. Fire! This is a five-day course. They're also learning battlefield first aid and how to maneuver.
5: These guys need help. They're responding to a fight. They didn't pick it, from what I know. Let's help them out.
3: The lead instructor, Rob, told us he was a sergeant in the Marines and comes from Arkansas, but won't share his family name for security reasons. Do they have everything they need?
5: Absolutely not. They're only issued four magazines. That's 120 bullets. Doesn't take long to shoot 120 bullets, especially at a bunch of Russians.
3: This Ukrainian fighter goes by the call sign Bison. The American trainers, he said, may be the difference between life and death.
0: If you want to win the, the fight, you, you need to, to be alive. The people who are not trained, uh, they will not uh, last uh, long
2: on the, on the battlefield.
3: Ukraine doesn't reveal the total number of soldiers it's lost in this brutal conflict. But around 30 are killed every day, according to the country's president.
0: This war is a war of artillery and the the rocket war. We need more heavy artillery.
3: Some of those Ukrainian soldiers come from towns and cities that are now under Russian occupation, we were told, meaning they're quite literally fighting for their homes. Nora.
2: Holly Williams, thank you. And still ahead on tonight's CBS Evening News, Facebook's parent company posts an historic financial loss And Americans line up for a shot at one of the largest lottery jackpots in U.S. history. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cash back events. Tonight, social media mogul Mark Zuckerberg is sounding the alarm about the U.S. economy, saying it appears to be in a downturn that will hurt advertising, forcing his company to do more with less. His comments came as Facebook and Instagram's parent company, Meta, posted its first revenue decline in history. Its stock dropped by more than 4% in after-hours trading. Across the country tonight, people are lining up for a shot at more than $1 billion in Friday night's and Mega Millions drawing. It's now the fourth largest- jackpot in U.S. history. The billion-dollar prize is for winners who choose the annuity option paid over 30 years. The cash option is estimated at over $600 million. That's before taxes. All right, coming up next, 50 years later, the inspiring story of F- the FBI's first female special agents. This month, the FBI is celebrating 50 years of women in their ranks. It was J. Edgar Hoover who led the Bureau for a Decade that prevented women from serving. But when he died in 1972, things changed. That's when the first female special agents started their training at Quantico. And they were nicknamed the Marine and the Nun. So we went to the FBI Academy to meet the Marine.
5: Is this a Glock 40, or what are they
2: shooting? This is a Glock 9mm. Susan Rowley Malone is a legend here at the FBI Academy. I
5: just
4: wanted to look real.
2: Well, it does. Fifty years ago, she made history as one of the first two women to graduate as a special agent. Was being an FBI agent a dream job for you? Yes, it was. I wanted the job since I was in eighth grade. You have said that as one of the first female special agents, you felt like you were under the microscope. We were. You know, I think in some quarters it was an experiment and, you know, would it fail? Um, I certainly wasn't going to fail. If they had to kill me, I wouldn't quit. Did you feel like you had to be twice as good? Five times as good. And she was. To celebrate the anniversary, the FBI brought together current and former female agents. As such a trailblazer, what kind of challenges did you face as a woman? I think some of the challenges, even from some of my colleagues in our class, some a couple of them had a difficult time being in a class with two women agents that carried the same badge and did the same job they were going to do. Today, women make up just 22 percent of special agents. And of the 56 FBI field offices, only seven are run by women. Why are there still so few women in these fields? I think there's few women in law enforcement. In general, you know, it's a it's a tough job. Jacqueline McGuire runs FBI's Philadelphia field office. What's your message to girls who may be thinking about a career in the FBI? I say go for it. It's really cool to be able to go home at the end of the day. Say I tried to make an impact. I tried to make the world better. And they are making an impact. We'll be right back. Beloved TV actor and director Tony Dow died today. He was best known for playing the older brother Wally Cleaver in the iconic series Leave it to Beaver. Dow announced earlier this year that he was again battling cancer. Tony Dow was 77 years old. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music.